If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. My name is Claire Hill and I am the host and you may have already been listening to these episodes, so you know who I am, but I like to introduce myself every time. I'm the founder of the Vivi Club membership, and today I have Jess Rothenberg. I hope I've said your last name right, Rothenberg. <laughs> Sorry, Jess, do you know what? I've known Jess for ages. She lives really close to me. Um, Literally, we talk about this in the interview. She literally lives a two-minute walk away. I've never said her last name out loud. I hope it is Rothenberg, I reckon it is. Um, Jess is amazing. She's a yoga teacher and specialises in baby and um, prenatal and postnatal mums with their yoga. And we actually attempted to record this before she came around for a cup of tea. It's going to be my first live podcast being recorded in my front room. How wonderful. The sound was shocking. I had to get rid of it. And I'm so grateful that Jess said that she would come back and record another episode. This episode is actually better than the first. So I'm really grateful for the fact that um, it didn't work out. And Jess has been amazing in this interview. So enjoy. If you any of it resonates and you've enjoyed it, there is a little part of it where we're just having a chat. <laughs> Um, so uh, it's quite a relaxed interview but if you enjoy it please let Jess know because I know she'd appreciate the feedback and without further ado here she is good morning Jess morning morning this welcome to the no rest for the vivid podcast for the second time because the first time didn't work (laughs) and that is I'm uh, I'm very grateful for you coming back Full disclaimer, it was totally my fault. Jess lives in the road next to mine, less than a five-minute walk, probably what, through the alley, two minutes. Two minutes. And um, so we had this big idea of you coming to the house. Well, we did have the idea. It did happen. You came yeah, round. It was lovely. <laughs> it was so nice. We recorded it all and we had a lovely cup of tea. Really juicy podcast episode. And then when I listened back, it was shit. The sound was shocking. And the wonderful person you are, you've said that you'll come back and here you are. So thank you. But we're using using Zoom. It does feel strange that we're using Zoom when you're literally there. But anyway. Oh, don't. This is the first time I've logged on my Zoom account since teaching on Zoom. Oh, what, in lockdown? lockdown. Yeah. I was like, delete subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Never again. Never again. those are the people that are listening that don't know who you are. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Jess. Um, I have a company called Little Yoga Warriors, um, which provides in Medway and Kent everything from pregnancy yoga to baby massage, um, baby and postnatal yoga, and a few other different types of baby groups and clubs plus I do teach but not as often kids yoga as well up to teenagers normally in the summer so oh, everything yes. yoga and family related alpacas alpacas yes I do the alpaca yeah. yoga that's random you get the alpacas yeah. to do the yoga. I love it it to be fair it's my favorite it's my favorite thing to do in the summer it's my happy place little lower bush alpacas um yeah so in the summer from next month actually we will do baby yoga retreats with the alpacas and they're basically in the field with us whilst we have a lovely yoga and wellness session and then we get to feed them um and just hang out with them really and have a picnic and then I do that for um the local council in the summer as well running kids clubs at the alpaca farm so in collaboration with lower bush alpacas yeah, we normally go all the way up to Halloween if we can. If the weather's good, we get as many people there as possible. Up to Halloween outside? Yeah, we do a Halloween one. Yes, last year it was great weather, so we would ma- manage to do it in the paddocks. The year before, we it rained and we really didn't want to call it off because um, it's like kids and family. So we do mm. normally room on, room on a broom or funny bones stories oh, to yoga. Um, and we did it in a really creepy barn 
which was amazing. Uh, like with full on proper cobwebs. It was very last minute. Um, but yeah, so that was really good. But yeah, normally you love Halloween. You love Halloween. I love you? Halloween. Definitely my favourite. If you got gifts at Halloween, it would be the best. It would be the best holiday. If no, you got, would you not agree? You got presents. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so behind with Halloween. Really? Yeah, definitely. Halloween all the way over Christmas. Kids what? sing Halloween songs until Christmas. And then they're like, oh, jingle bells. Yeah. Oh, gee, I love Christmas so much. I start Christmas on the... No, I do get Halloween... Well, I start listening to Christmas songs on the 1st of November. Like, oh, I am... I, I love it. My husband hates Halloween. He's like, it's so American. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah. Great. Yeah, I think I'm in that boat a little bit. I just can't get onto it. Oh, I just love, I love the dressing up. You get to be a goth constantly for yeah. a month. <laughs> Your happy place. Um, and it's just fun, although I am actually a bit of a wimp. So I'm, I scare very easily. So really, I shouldn't like it. And I refuse to watch really scary films, apart from on Halloween or any Friday the 13th. But yeah, love Halloween, especially love when that. an alpaca's involved. <laughs> that. The dress the alpacas up. Yeah, there's oh. a mem- there's an, a, a member in the Vivid Club called Trish. She runs Lemony Pickle. This is it's amazing business, um, and she's obsessed with llamas and alpacas and stuff like that. And then um, all all of her stories are basically just reels of them doing funny stuff. They just oh my god, when they run, it's hilarious. <laughs> they do like this little, oh, and they're so because it it genuinely was a complete not a joke. But when I met Jamila, who I met through a mutual friend who's been on your Ellen, podcast, Ellen, yeah. who runs a skincare connection, who I work with because she supplies my baby massage oil, I met her at a John Lewis event that we do together. And Jamila had just had her youngest child, and she said how she had these alpacas. And I joked, going, oh, my God, we should do alpaca yoga, because there's goat yoga and puppy yoga on yes. Instagram at um, and she was like, you should so do that. And she is, I want to say she's a clinical psychologist. Um, I know she's a doctor. I know that much. Is I'm sure it's like, yeah, she is awesome. Um, and yeah, so when she said about this, I was like, all right, we should do it. And so, yeah, we did. It is very random, but people love it. And, I, and they are so calming. And my biggest worry after I said, oh, yeah, we should definitely do it. And I went to the farm. I was thinking, what am I thinking? Yoga on a farm, it's going to really smell. They don't smell at all. Where do they poo, though? Do they poo in specific areas? No, you're joking. (laughs) And when we do the adult and the baby yoga, they're in the paddock with us. So, like, they go over to their little poo pile. (laughs) So you do see it. It's that rabbit poo. Anyway, this has gone really rapid. <laughs> oh my god! That is so funny. You don't do the yoga when they're in the paddock, as with children, because you can imagine children get very excitable. And even though we're like, don't run, don't like, um, they scare quite easily alpacas. Yeah. Although the um, yeah, the lower bush alpacas are very very calm and can handle children. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did go there for Father Christmas last year. Oh, I didn't yeah. realise I had COVID when I went. I didn't know. Oh. So, bit about that after, so spread that a bit. Didn't realise. It was outside. It was outside, know. exactly. Exactly. But it was it's really lush. So, if you're in the Kent area, go and visit Lower Bush Alpacas. They are lush. Good old Cuxton. So when we before we started recording, I said to you that because we've already had this chat and I know your story, I'm gonna to have to work really hard to ask the right questions because I know everything already. Um, no, so I love the that? fact that we've just talked about alpacas and poo and stuff. Um, we didn't talk about that last time, I don't think. No, we didn't. Did we? we didn't. No. No. And I can't believe I didn't mention it because that is the highlight of my work life. <laughs> <laughs> alpacas are poo in a corner. That's brilliant. <laughs> no, I we didn't talk about it. No, and I think. Um, what was really cool about our last conversation is just t- t- your journey into becoming a yoga teacher and how you set up the yeah. business, which I think is is lovely to share because everyone, I love hearing people's love stories. 
So even though I've already heard this, I'm still going to enjoy listening to it again because okay. there's people listening that didn't hear our first conversation. No, they don't had to delete it. it. <laughs> so, and so, a lot of my mums always find it really fascinating to know what I did before. Not that, that not like it's a really awesome thing I did before. Um, but I think when you become a mum, your identity becomes a mum. Mm. so you love like finding out what people do or like when they go back to work and yeah people always are like so why do you do what you do um so I so I started so it's five years this year since Little Yoga Warriors was born um and um so I've got two children I've got Gwendolyn who is seven and John who is five And I knew, so I used to work in London. So I was a business manager for a magazine company um, called Hearst Magazines. And I did that job role for almost a decade. I think it must have been about eight, nine years. And I studied magazine publishing with marketing and PR at um, university. Uh, So it's all I ever wanted to do. From like the age of 14, I just wanted to work for a magazine company. Um, so even when I applied for um, degrees, they were just, it literally was two colleges that did magazine publishing. Mm. Um, and then as soon as before I graduated, three months before I graduated, I got on the graduate scheme. And then, yeah, I worked at the same company for nine years. So I did a bit of everything. I started on the graduate scheme in sales, then moved to marketing and then finally into business management. Um, and I loved it. Definitely loved it. I mean, I stayed in the same company for all that time. Um, it was really fun. It was very much like a little bit ugly Betty vibes, lots of cocktail lunches and going out after work. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then I had children. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had children. Not to say that they're not fun, but I think the London life and publishing, that world is very different. Um, and I was pretty young when I had, statistically, I was quite young when I had Gwen. Um, and I just quickly realised that I could not, I couldn't keep up with, the car- not keep up with the career, but I just felt like I'd become a mum and then there wasn't really a place for me because I couldn't fit into all the boxes they wanted me, you know, the part-time or that kind of, um, and then just career progression. I thought, if I stay here I'm going to be overtaken basically by yeah um and so I went back for a year and then I fell pregnant with John and then when I was on maternity leave with John I um I messaged my baby yoga instructor again that sounds really random who I went to with Gwen so I struggled initially to start with I think becoming a mom especially in hindsight I was a bit of a hot mess um, I had a really great group of mom friends around yeah. me um, that got me out every day, like, and we always did stuff. And one of those things was baby yoga. And I loved it because I felt like it was my me time, like the one hour of the week where I got to stretch and exercise a little bit and not just feel like a mom. Mm. Um, and then when, so I fell pregnant with John and I messaged Jenny um, and she no longer did it. And I was like, what? what am I going to do on maternity leave when you've got less time because I had a toddler at home? Um, (laughs) And then I started toying with the idea because also financially, we just, I couldn't go back to London, which I get, I think a lot of people can relate with. I've got so many mums at the moment who are almost going through like tribunal stages of like discrimination in the workplace because their job role is no longer there. I hear it all the time. It's shocking. Just because they, like I had a mum recently who's been told by her management that um, they know that she won't be able to um, perform appropriately in the job role because she's now a mum. <gasps> Along the lines of that. And oh my, my that, God. Never, that never happened to me, but I definitely did feel like like my role, like, you know, if you take a year off, which is a lovely, a great thing that we are um, a, normally able to do with a lot of... Uh, maternity leaves but then your job role can change just like little things like a lot of people I think feel like they are forced out yeah um, and they have to make the decision to leave um but financially because of where we live I was commuting into London and which was a good hour which I didn't really want to be that far away from the kids um 
and just the cost of it. So once you took out train fares, nursery fees, my my what I thought was a great London wage wasn't cutting it. Um, and we figured out on maternity leave that I had to make about 200 to 250 pounds a month mm. to be just as well off as if I was in London paying for childcare. And that didn't even include like those cocktail lunches. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was like literally bills. Um, wow. And Luke was like, you could, you know, you could just get a zero hour contract you know, stacking shelves, doing, and you would make more than that. Um, and then I literally was like, in the back of my head, like, I remember when I went with Gwen to baby yoga, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Every day she gets to, you know, just talk, see people, cuddle a baby, give them back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I looked into training. So I dabbled with the idea. And then New Year's Eve, it was like, it sounds really lame, like an epiphany. I signed up New Year's Eve when I was so halfway through my t- maternity leave and then started studying, did a case study in like the May time to see if it was viable. So a free class, put it on Facebook, how, how many moms just said, would you take part in it as part of my training? And then I was just getting messages like, oh, you run baby yoga. I really want to do that. Um and so I handed in my notice and I genuinely thought that if it didn't work come Christmas, I'd get a retail job um, as part of Christmas stuff. Cause I had actually applied for many supermarkets and not passed the interview stage, <laughs> you know, like that online <laughs> test. Qualified. Qualified. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then I started from home. So before COVID I taught baby massage at home um, just two classes a week and then I did yoga out of um, school halls and things and initially it was just uh, baby yoga which uh, the baby yoga I teach isn't yoga for babies because a lot of people think that it's postnatal yoga so it's um, restorative yoga for mom to help uh, restore their core and then we pick baby up and stuff so they're involved um, yeah so I did four classes a week and now five years on I do about 12 to 15 yeah, about 12 to 15, and I have my own space. I say my own space. It's um, a studio in a local gym, but I have all my stuff there, and it's I decorated it, and I love it. Yeah. Love it. I love it. it. And I do alpaca yoga. And you do alpaca yoga. <laughs> and occasionally kids' yoga. I feel really bad saying that. So I did work, occasionally work in schools, but not to say it's my least favourite part. I do I, – kids are really rewarding, but they're so um, – I work, I work too hard for them, I think. Um, but kids like just fun and carefree, which I should so be. And I'm like, I have to plan. <laughs> so kids don't go to plan. No, kids don't go to plan. No. I've, I've, um, I'm actually risking, and I don't know why I've decided to do this, but it's exactly the same with Jackson. Like, he's always into the wire art. He actually like, does enjoy yoga. Sometimes we do a, a little bit. Um. And also for Jackson, it's that that meditation part of it and deep breathing and and teaching to regulate himself. And I just think, God, because I was like a, I was, well, I'm still hyper. Like I'm just always got so much energy and he's exactly the same. So it's just like, yeah, we just need to regulate yourself because sometimes I've got so much energy I could erupt. But anyway, by the by, I've I've, uh, decided to host an Easter bunny workshop for kids online. Jackson is helping me. And so I was like, I've made this design. It's really, it's really simple. Really like Yeah. It's one of them designs where you think that it's good for kids because they're going to get a sense of achievement out of it. And then I was like, Jackson, we need to practice and see if you can actually do it. And literally it was just absolute shambles. I'd already listed it on the, on, I've already done it. I've already sold some spaces. So it's like, <laughs> Shit! What <laughs> I've so borrowed Gwen. Sure, <laughs> well, maybe. Borrowed Gwen. I might <laughs> do, but I'm I'm like he. I think he's gonna. He'll be okay. But I just underestimate that he's like four and a half. Yeah. So, don't go during to during COVID. Gwen helped me a few times. I'm sure you did. Yeah, it we Jackson. did. We did one. Yeah. And I remember the feedback from that being like, oh, it's really cute. Like, and it was like spring, it was Easter time. Yeah. 
the whole time I actually felt really bad afterwards because Gwen we practiced it lots and she did it well and I think she must have only been about she was in reception so yeah like just five and I just remember like muttering under my breath to her and being a bit mean like because she just wasn't playing ball she was just like running around and she's helped at the alpacas before yeah. and I'd say it's only in the last year which again, terrible parenting that I can bribe her into doing it, bro. And I'm just thinking, I'm going to bribe Jackson. I'm literally going to have in front of him in during the workshop a massive cake or something, and then he'll do exactly what I say. No it other way. Be, like everyone always thinks that my two are really or should be really zen and do yoga all the time, but they really don't. Mm. Because they're just, it's always there. Yeah, like they see, they know I do it and they jump on me, but they're not like, and weirdly, so like, because during Savasana, when I teach like guided meditations and things, I'm sat there the whole time. Like I'm not doing it too. And I know you should practice what you preach. And I have, obviously, if I go to a yoga class, I do do it. But I, like you, I don't know if it's a business thing. I find it impossible to switch off. I always joke when I wake people up or like bring them around. I'm always like, so who did their Tesco food shop in their head? <laughs> Especially as moms, like, yeah, yeah, it's such a tricky thing to switch off and breathing techniques. Yeah. I've got a good one where you put a scarf on their face and they they try and blow. But John, now when I do it, he knows what I'm doing. He goes, "You're you're trying to stop me from being angry." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, might do I do the whole thing with like Jackson. We're going to do deep breaths and pretend you're blowing up a big balloon. How big yeah, is doing stuff like that? But it's funny when you're talking about being a mum. I've really, I've really tried recently to not do two things at once. And I had this thing in my head a, a while ago that I'm like, I am basically indestructible. I can do three or four things at once. Um, so especially when I was a teacher, I was like, yeah, I can do everything. And then um, realized how much energy it takes to do that like leaking energy all over the place Mm -hmm. so now if I get into that mode where I'm like right I've got unload the dishwasher sort Jackson's breakfast do um talk to my clients on the phone like doing voice notes when you know when I get up blah 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 blah. if I'm doing all these things my brain is like what the fucking hell you what we're doing what we're doing here and then I start feeling really overwhelmed so I'm being really like so if, if I came to one of your classes, I would be like, no, I need to take a moment and just breathe. And there was this little cartoon I saw, actually, about um, wouldn't it be lovely to just breathe, just be, yeah. breathe. And I don't know, I think feel like that cartoon gave me permission to go, yeah, all I have to do right now is just breathe. I have to do anything else. And it's just like, oh, it's nice and relaxing. And then I could, And then it sort of like recharges me. My favourite kids, Savasana song is, and it's really weird, it's a one song where whenever I play it and have a bubble machine going, because if if kids and babies are lying down outside and watching the clouds, bubbles help. Bubbles help everyone, actually. I yeah. think they should be in adult yoga. Um, Why not? It's called, it's called Just Be. Mm. And uh, who is it? Kira, I want to I say Kira Wiley, but I don't know if that's the right pronunciation or the right name um even though I play it all the time I've started playing it in crawler yoga so I've started doing babies when they progress to crawling normally I'm like you're out yeah but we've started doing an hour just mum yoga session and the babies just crawl around us which is very entertaining but the last and this song is five minutes it's called just be and the mums all lie down or have their legs up the wall. And the babies are just like really calm. And it's happened consecutively now for like five weeks. Because the first week I was like, that's a fluke. But yeah, look it up for Jackson. Because normally going, we, roll them up, we roll them up in a yoga mat, like a little sausage roll. And then put that song on. And people always go, oh my gosh, like what, what happened to my child then for five minutes but isn't it like a, a repetitive pattern of you it's associating that feeling of calm with one song yeah. and if you're wrapping them in the yoga mat that's like a compression thing isn't it sort of like a multi-sensory yes. thing yeah like a, like a, yeah like a weighted blanket yeah. 
And we do, like Jackson, um, I use songs like this all the time. And I know you've heard about my Warrior Energy playlist and like yes. to get me in the mood for work. I listen to the same songs. Well, I we've love you got... singing on, on your stories. <laughs> <laughs> love singing. Um, but my, like eating for Jackson, he's so distracted by stuff. So I just, we just play the Beatles. He loves the Beatles. And as oh, soon so as he starts... Yeah, he knows. It's like, I know he's obviously five and four and a half, so he's a bit more aware. But um, on Spotify, the first song that comes on for the Beatles is Here Comes the Sun. And he straight away is like, Here Comes the Sun. And he just starts eating. Before that, he's like, Oh, Daddy, how was work? Oh, how was work last night? He always is like, How was work last night? (laughs) All right, mate, we work a lot. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's always like, it just calms him down because he's. I think he's yeah. just so excited to see us or whatever, which is lovely. But then he doesn't eat. <laughs> it's like, mate, you've got to eat. You've got to eat your, your food. I might try that with my toe. Yeah, John needs a distraction when he's eating. If he's like yeah. mindlessly. Yeah, yeah, it's like he can't. But as soon as those songs, and we've been doing it for about a year, as soon as those songs come on, it's brilliant. But Dan gets a bit like, oh, my God, I just can't listen to it anymore. Beatles literally <laughs> to it every day. I'm like, it's the Beatles, babe. Oh, oh it's better than John's favourite song at the moment. It's called Chicken Wing. So, <laughs> Well, Jackson's favourite song at the minute is Tribute by Tenacious D. Oh, yes. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I so need, we, I was saying to Luke the other day, I, we really want to watch The Pick of Destiny again. Yeah, well, my godfather says he's got one. He's got an actual pick of destiny. He's like, he's going to bring it down because Dan's like obsessed with guitars now. So he's, Dan's like, I literally got a pick of destiny. (laughs) This is amazing. But yeah, we've got, we put it on Spotify the other day and then, um, or was it YouTube? He was watching the tribute video and then um, the rude one came on like literally straight off before any words. I was like, ciao. Just shout a really uh, another word over the top. Oh god, don't that's hilarious. I was really laughing in my head then because (laughs) Jack Black's in my top five. It'd be on my laminated list, yeah. (laughs) At the current age he is at currently. I mean I follow him on TikTok and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Though I realize I love a funny guy. I think he's hilarious. He's really funny. He'd make you laugh in old age. I think that sure. I'm now I'm 38. I, I've started fancying an older man and like older men. But Dan doesn't look that Dan doesn't look as old as he actually is. But then I, I can't even remember what I was watching. I was like, and this guy was like in his 50s. But I was like, yeah, I would. But I am. Um, we recently started watching the X-Files which I, my mom was obsessed with the X-Files when I was young. Like, well, I couldn't watch it. I was too young. Um, And I remember her thinking like, oh, he's really old. What's his name? I can't remember now. In real life. David Duchovny? Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah, mom, I get it. Yeah, I get it now. (laughs) That's a sign you're older. Yeah. But But Jack Black. I'll take Jack Black over. (laughs) If, um, if, if Dan, you're listening to this, I, I do really love you. It's our anniversary of 11 years since we went on our first date today. Oh, are you doing anything? Yeah, he's cooking. But we, and he doesn't, he thinks it's really <laughs> We have two, we have two anniversaries. And he said to me this morning, which one's your favourite? Like, which one do you think is most important? And I think this one is, because like everything changed. Yeah. And I did said really cornerly. <laughs> Um, but we were all, when we got married, we were already married in our hearts. No, oh, <laughs> that is so lame. <laughs> I, like, I love it. I slap it on. I really do. Our um, our anniversary, our wedding anniversary is the tenth of July, and our official anniversary is the eleventh of July. And we were meant to get married on the eleventh of July, but we got bumped by another couple in Malta. So we actually had booked the date, but where we got married abroad, and it was all a bit. Not Dodge, but, you know, some Maltese couple clearly had more money and back end. <laughs> but I got married and then at midnight, the party went into our official anniversary. So I'm with you there, Aww. I think, yeah. Because I really yeah. wanted to get married on the day that we, the day he asked me out all those yeah. years ago. 
And we got we chose the 23rd of October to get married because our anniversary is the 23rd of March. And if you add up Jackson's birthday, it adds up to 23. And that's why when we've got matching tattoos of 23 in tie, that's how cheating me and Dan are. That is that is good. Luke wouldn't get a matching tattoo with me. He wouldn't. But we I got would. that last year. Ten years oh, we got that. No, this is not about. It is lovely. I think some listeners do enjoy just listening to a chat. Yeah, I think it's like okay. I hope so. I think we're entertaining. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> New business women, a road apart, talking over Zoom, <laughs> talking about Jack Black and alpacas. Yeah. I'm really surprised about Jack Black. It'd be interesting to, I think, like, I I have got a bit of a crush on Zach from EastEnders at the moment, if anyone watches EastEnders. Oh, I don't watch EastEnders. No one does, apart from me. Do you want his, Luke works uh, with the cast of EastEnders. He could probably get you. Don't, don't <laughs> even say that, Jess. Yeah, I'm I've got, we've got above, so I don't actually watch it, but we've got a plaque signed by all of them. Yeah, like the EastEnders, like, you know, the street plaque. Um, yeah, Luke does all the cars for EastEnders. It's his main job. What's his, ma- what's his name in real life? <laughs> James Ferrer, I think. I love him. I love that you go and you think and you're like, I know. No, I know, yeah, because I was looking at his Instagram yesterday. I was <laughs> I was obsessed with EastEnders because right now there's a, there's a storyline between Whitney and Zach, the characters, and it's like it's breaking my heart. I just really want them to get together. I'm a diehard romantic, Jess. Honestly, yeah. I'm like, if they're, I love, I love hearing love stories, and I love setting people up. Like, if I know you're single, I'm like trying to, re- I will try and find you a partner. Two times I've set my friends up, and they both got married. But oh. I set them up to my ex-boyfriend's friends. So I seem like my ex-boyfriends are still in the vicinity on the outskirts but you know they got married and had kids exactly yeah i'm i'm happy with that but yeah anyway i'm I'm gonna do that i'm gonna get you an autograph oh my god (laughs) oh my god if you did i don't know what i'd I'd probably cry i've got somebody coming on the podcast called florence um andrews and she was an extra in EastEnders not too long ago and I was watching it because I like I know her and I was like Florence is it Florence is it? <laughs> and then she she like her bit had gone and then she shared it on her stories and I was like oh my god you've been on EastEnders and you're coming on the podcast like I can't <laughs> contain myself <laughs> but I don't watch TikTok that's my thing like Dan always is like why are you watching EastEnders I'm like but you watch videos and he's really into UFC and MMA like fighting and stuff I'm like that's your EastEnders this is yeah. mine so there you go anyway on to more serious things so you run a business <laughs> I do <laughs> you run a business what do you think is um We'll get some like value for all the business owners listening now. What do you think is like the most rewarding part of being a business owner? Oh, um, oh, I have no idea. Oh, it's gonna sound. Um... <laughs> so, what's good? I do genuinely love it. Um, the most rewarding part, I think, the creativity and the control. Like it, which is, it's, what is it? A double-edged sword that, yeah. 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 Because obviously it takes a lot of hard work. Mm. And I think a lot of people, especially when I started, thought I was crazy. And I did 100% just go with my gut. And the fact that Luke, my husband, just would support me no end. I think I could, like... I could tell him I was going to do it and he'd just be like, yeah, it's a great idea. Um, yeah, just following your gut and the the creativity. Like I looked into a lot of training providers and the one I went with, Blossom and Berry, originally just for baby massage and postnatal yoga, I wasn't connected to, like I didn't have to fit into anyone's brand and I could write my own lesson plans and create my own logo and that kind of thing. And where my background was um, like marketing and creating and things, I, that was really important to me. Mm. Um, and I think it's important to a lot of businesses, like 
not to say that like obviously you've got to have amazing content and be really good at what you do but that often takes time like when I first started like my yoga background like when you said oh yoga teacher it's only in the last year now that I've got lots of training behind me that I actually feel confident going oh yeah I'm a yoga teacher whereas I always used to be like oh yeah I run baby classes which I do but I always felt like I wasn't good enough yet yeah but if you have a brilliant idea and you really want to do something obviously things take time like you could do all the training in the world but until you start actually practicing in it and teaching it it's not going to mean anything yet moms still kept like in my first year when moms were coming to me I did feel a bit like oh I've only been doing this two months and like you know I still had my lesson plan at the top of my mat like you know and yeah. had cues in my head for um poses and things um but people come for you if you really believe in yourself and you give it everything you've got people come to you and they they trust like sometimes still when people ask me for advice especially to a parenting I'm like ah, you should see my kid <laughs> <laughs> but then I think like most parents think that in their heads absolutely I do, most people are winging it in terms of in terms yeah. of uh parenting but yeah I would say creative freedom and the control are the best things for me of having a business I love that even though it's really hard work I love that I can do all aspects of it like I literally do the website design all of the social media the finance all the lesson plans I create obviously from my trainings I've got inspiration but yeah I'd say all of that and you just get and you get to work around you and the kids so even though I definitely work harder than I ever did full-time in London I pick up my kids from school most days and drop them off mm. and a few weeks ago I was a DJ at John's School Disco <laughs> and like brilliant you know like I which if I was working in my old job I would not be able to do that which is fine for some people and great like I do like when COVID happened it sucked because I had to teach on zoom uh, for a lot less money and you know so there's there's two sides to it but yeah I'd say if you really believe and and then also to start with if money isn't the be all and end all which is really hard to get your head around because I think I invest a lot probably more than I should but I always like I god I've got in my basket at the moment a hundred pounds worth of baby towels (laughs) I'm like I need to click because I feel like my baby towels look really old and mere so I want to get some new ones um just like little things yeah but if you if it's something you really want to do like I used to hate getting on the train every day and I very rarely if ever feel like I don't want to go to work yeah like I genuinely love what I do yeah like I love it like if I won the lottery I would still go to work tomorrow yeah. And I think cool. I would still do my business. I'd definitely get someone to create my own website and maybe do my admin. Absolutely. But, the website. Yeah, like, I, but I, yeah. And it would be one of my friends that I could pay a ridiculous amount of money to if I won the lottery. Um, but yeah, I would still do what I want to do, like what I do now. Yeah. Yeah. I went way off topic then, Claire. I don't think oh, I, I love it. It's for a bit, it's about being rewarding because I think at the moment in the con in social media the news it's all a bit you know I don't watch the news I stopped watching the news probably about a year ago uh, maybe longer and what I need to know I find out because people around me read the news Mm -hmm. and um this whole economy thing like I've not you know well no I haven't I haven't really felt the the situation where I'm not earning because I'm just just the way I do things and that's the way it is and but I do appreciate that it's difficult it's a challenge for a lot of people I mean Dan works with homeless people I mean like we know we know what it's like and I used to do lots as you know like loads of work like that but um it's about the story that you're telling and I think a lot of people are talking about how difficult it is the amount of posts um this is going to be controversial and I'm really sorry if any, if this triggers anybody, um, but if it does, just send me a message and I'll give you a, um, a, an encouraging voice note to get you over it. But 
the the trigger for a lot of people is that if you you're moaning about how difficult it is i've seen some posts of people going it's so hard for businesses right now it's so hard for small businesses it's hard for everybody in the world mm-hmm. for different reasons at any one time it's always hard for some you know there's it doesn't you know have to be going on yeah yeah there's always something happening and it's always pain there's always joy wherever you go but yeah. it's about talking about the joy more because and I and I know the answer that you're going to say. Like, even though if it's challenging to run your business, bloody hell, it's so much better than sitting on a train yeah. being upset because you're going to a place that you don't want to go. Yeah. You know, you yeah, that freedom. Exactly. I was going no, to say, I don't think that was trigger, triggering, Claire. Well, I don't know. There's no. some people, there's some, I no, think. Like I do, so every, so I run like a five, six week term. Um, and every term I panic, like at the moment, I'm like, oh, April and May compared to last year, I don't have as many bookings. Is it because, and for the first time since COVID, which is terrible, I should slap myself on the wrist for it. I have put up baby massage by two pound, of course. <laughs> and I'm, I know, but I'm thinking, oh my God, is that why? Because I think, I always look at my course prices and I think, would I pay that? Could I afford that as somebody on maternity? You're not your ideal customer. No, exactly. No, That's yeah, what I mean. you can't do that. That's on the wrist. Yeah. Um, so I've put it up a little bit um, because obviously everything goes up. Like me buying cups for hot drinks and my baby towels, etc. Um, But then I think on the flip side, all oh, cost of living, like, you know, and, and I think, oh, are people not booking as much as they did last year because of the cost of living, which could be true. But then I think once you devalue your offering. Yep. You're also devaluing every other business around you who does what similar to what you do. So in my five years, and this might sound really, I don't want to sound really knobby, like ego, but in my five years, the first two, the first two to three years. So I I remember initially I was the only one that did like baby yoga um, near, within like a 10 mile radius, I'd say. Um, there was a few of the baby massage. Um, and then since then, there is quite a few. The first two years, I used to get so in my head about it. I'd be like, oh my God, like, what are they doing? What are they charging? Oh, look at their setup now. And sometimes I feel a bit rude because I think it's a bit unsupportive. Unless I know them personally, I don't follow any competitors on no. social media. Um Because also I've seen at least three come and go because I did notice a dip in my business because they were charging £20 less a term than I was. And I used to have people say to me, oh, do you do a free taster session? Do you like, oh, can I come just for once to see if baby likes it? And I have always been like, no, no. Because once you start devaluing what you offer, yes, they might for a month go to that other person, but that the there you'll you'll soon realize if you offer your offering for less that you can't afford to do anything absolutely yeah like and they now have at least to have had to go back to work because Mm. in because they can't you can't please everyone even though I know I am too nice (laughs) in a lot of things my biggest yeah I am a massive people pleaser which I don't think is a bad thing because again I know people come for me and they come for, like, when I do specials, like, I've just done Mother's Day and I'm doing Easter. Like, I do do lovely, like, canvases and footprints and always try, like, Mother's Day, I really try and go all out for mums, um, which makes my margins smaller than it could be because I know they'd still pay the same if I wasn't giving them that. But then I want them to remember, like, you know what I mean? It's a catch-22, but... Yeah, and yeah, I think... That's why they come to me and that's why they then yeah. pay more than they would... But I think that terminology of people pleaser can be seen as quite negative, but also it's a real positive part of you as a business owner Mm. because you are considered, you consider all of the, the, the different experiences that you can offer. You're, you're compassionate towards the mums coming in. You are thinking about them. You've been in their shoes and you want them to have the best experience because you've got customer service and that kind of like client experience right at the top of your priorities. That yeah. people could say, Well, you're a people pleaser. No, you're offering an amazing service. I think people pleasers, that terminology is when you're 
it's it's not considered you're just you're saying yes for the sake of it yeah. I think putting your price up by two pound a manner but it's that kind of um if you if you increase your price to make sure that your margins are sitting in with the rest of your business model and you can actually pay your bills and you can pay yourself then you've got more joy in you to give to yeah. them so the, the experience yeah. is probably worth another tenner even though they yeah, just put two quid on and it's a and I I was going to say this earlier, the, your approach to yoga, like I love yoga and I've done, I've practiced like yoga for years and years and years, you know, whop, whop it out. I can do whatever pose. Um, I'm much less flexible than I used to be, but I love it. But it, I stopped myself from going to classes because of this yoga, um, you know what I mean? Like this yoga thing, like what, how you're supposed to be at a yoga um class and I actually have been and this is my the story I'm saying in my head by the way like I totally know yeah. this is me just thinking overthinking it but I remember going to one um yoga lesson with Bex you know Bex and yes. um we went to one and it was like a hot yoga and I was really really into it but then I was like this is too slow everyone seems to be into something that I don't understand because yeah. I am this is too slow for me like I, I I want to move what I didn't realize obviously is breathing into the pose blah 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 but when and I know you don't do adult yoga but I would be like come to you I want to laugh and move I know that it's going to be fun it's not going to be um even though I am quite spiritual in that way I'm not really doing yoga I am but I'm not do you know what I mean seems like it's too serious like oh I just want to just move my body that's why I've always practiced yoga on my own a lot of mums, so I normally, um, my main practice is on my own. Yeah. Um, and before I studied, I used to find yoga classes, again, really slow. Like I love like running cardio. Yeah. Side of things, probably a lot more for me mentally, even still now. Um, it's only since I, so a lot of mums as well. So, so they come to me, their journey normally originally was baby massage then baby yoga the majority of those mums that did massage would never have come to baby yoga unless they'd known me which again sounds very ego because they think that in yoga class they're gonna have to be very zen very yeah. calm they've got to be very flexible because let's face it face it instagram is just full of yeah uh, it's full of supermodels doing yoga in, like you know yeah. not not your average mum um and they all come because the and covid is as well majorly taught me that it's a social aspect they all say afterwards oh i really like that i feel really stretched feel a bit taller i feel like like most of them are like i feel like it's the first time i've moved for me that week whereas normally yeah. they're rocking a baby or going on you know the thousand walk um and it's only since studying pregnancy yoga, so I am a very backwards yoga teacher, <laughs> since studying pregnancy yoga that I have been able to connect more to the spiritual aspect and introduce breathing techniques, which we do do a little bit of in postnatal yoga. And I'm just about to launch as well a class called Restful Warrior, which is just for postnatal mums without baby. And so it's going to be an hour and a half and it's going to be restorative um yoga so it's going to be mainly sat down or lying down very much breathing into poses so it's going to be very slow how postnatal do you have to be well a few people have asked me this and I genuinely do believe that once you've had a baby you're postnatal so I, I I wrote back to somebody if you've had a baby and you're still tired from having that baby you can come I still feel like my insides are going to come out any moment. And I try so much, but I just don't, I don't, maybe I need to come. Maybe I need to come. Cause I tell you what, Jackson did not come out well. (laughs) Oh, see, yeah. So when is it? It's 16th. Cause originally I planned it. This is my admin being shocking. I originally planned it for Easter Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) And then about four mums messaged me going, Jess, that's Easter Sunday. So it's the following week. Oh, okay. Um, And then I have as well, so my studying at the moment, I'm doing from my 200 to my 500 hours yoga teacher training so that I, so I can, I can teach just adults if I want to, if 
but I just choose not to. Because again, like you, I love having a baby or a distraction in the class. And I yeah. love talking. I'm that annoying person at the back who fills the breathing with a chat. <laughs> What if you what if you did a yoga class that you did to like drum and bass or something? How funny would that be? No, there is there is rock yoga. <laughs> mine would be full on that mine would be full on like angry metal music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just basically to <laughs> day. But that that kind of like but that's how how much would you um stand out from the crowd if you were like, look, we're gonna do yoga, we're gonna listen to like maybe reggae yoga, something like that. That would be really fun. So my standing song is always about Bob Marley. Is it? Yeah. Calms babies. Bob Marley always calms babies down. Yeah. 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 Bob Marley. That is. Yeah. I mean, yoga from what it, because I think that, I think a lot of, like you said, traditional yoga teachers who, um, who the very spiritual side, because there's so many different, well, there's eight limbs of yoga. There's so yeah, many. Yeah. You're going to go into the there's enough space like I know I'm not traditional in terms of my teachings um but then the philosophy the main philosophy of yoga is union and you know we should all accept and not harm so yeah my take on it and I bloody love it (laughs) I do you know uh, if you if there's any way that I can help you set up once you've done these hours I will literally be first I want to do yoga that's fun and I just want to stretch out, laugh at the same time, yeah. not be if and and having it not silent. If there was music mm-hmm. playing, but not the whole spa music, yeah. I would love that. I'd love it. And there's so many people out there that probably would. So yoga is meant to be, and again, I think social media maybe, and also in our own heads, like you said, that it was on you that time when you went. You know, it's meant to be a completely non-judgmental environment where you connect to yourself and to others. Through connecting to yourself, you can connect to others. Um, but often so many people think or feel like they're being judged because they're not. Like, and moms always go to me, oh, I'm not flexible. And I'm like, you don't need to be flexible. I can't do the splits. No. Or they're like, I've had moms go to me, oh, are we going to do headstands? No, we're not going to do a bloody headstand. <laughs> you just had a baby. Even in majority of yoga classes, you're not doing that unless you're, you know, up there. Woo. I can do a headstand and hold it, but God, it hurts my hey. head. Who, you know those people, like literally. Oh, breathe into it, Claire. It doesn't hurt your head if you breathe into it. Oh, it's literally, I'm like, it feels like I've got like lumps in my head. And I'm like, why do people do this? Why do people oh, to do this for ages? I'm a proper wimp unless I know I need the safety of a wall nearby. So in my head. Mm. Yeah, I need a wall. I need something to catch me if I fall, which is which isn't. Yeah. No, but luckily, I don't have yeah. to teach that in pregnancy or baby oh, yoga. So there you go. <laughs> I do I do love yoga. I really, really do. I just don't, like I've said, you know, don't practice enough. That's because I need you to be my teacher. Right, right. I'll set up alpaca yoga. I think it's the first stop, Claire. Right, cool. Yep, on it. And this is how you're going to get, you know, the next move to the next venue. What we were talking about before we started recording. There you go. I want a mum hub. Yeah, parent mum hub. Oh, and lots of people to help me. I need more help. It's it's doable. Yeah. Anyway, well, whenever we talk, I'm like always trying to tell you how much more money you can make. But I'm gonna, <laughs> I hold back. I'm holding myself back. <laughs> um. So as you know, because you've had this question before, because we've had this episode before, um, I ask everybody, what do you know now that you wish you'd known ten years ago? Yes. So look, I'm trying to make it not sound pre-recorded. So. <laughs> When you sent me that question, I was like, oh, for God's sake, Claire, I don't know. (laughs) I asked one of my, um, one of my very good friends, Kelly, who was my saviour when I had Gwen. So me and uh, Kelly had children three weeks apart, who's still going to school together. Um, And she is amazing. And I said to her on the school run, I was like, oh, Claire's giving me, because we've done a workshop with you at her house um and can she... I just say big up to Kelly because we did say this Kelly lives down the, at 
the bottom literally there's a triangle of houses and uh, where shit kelly lives and um i went round there to teach you all wire art and if you follow me on vivid wire i used to eat a lot of hash browns i eat a lot less hash browns now but yeah, kelly i had a hash brown sandwich yesterday oh, oh. my life <laughs> that's just the best oh god yeah. um so yeah, I, so we went round there and I was teaching wire art and then Kelly was like, oh, I'll be back in a minute. And without us all knowing, she'd gone and cooked, she cooked like a bag of hash browns to eat while we were making wire art, which was the best thing ever. So big, big up Kelly. Honestly, she is the most thoughtful friend I have. I'm going to go on record and say that. She is amazing. Oh, um, I do not deserve her at all. Um, and she joked and said... Uh, this too shall pass or this moment will pass and it's what we always used to say in our little postnatal group and I know a lot of people say it and we used to kind of take the piss out of a bit of it a bit because it's it's not a helpful it's not that helpful of a thing to say like when moms always go to me oh they're teething oh they're not sleeping they're up every two hours and it's been like six months when someone says to you oh we'll pass at the time you just want to be like Fuck, Fuck off. off. When? When? <laughs> it's not going to help me. No. Um, and we used to joke and say it to each other all the time. It'll pass. It'll move on to the next thing. And it is, at the time, maybe a bit of a patronising, annoying thing to say. But it really does. It and, is true, yeah. And life can be really shit. And if you've lived, you're going to experience shit in your life. And that sucks. And not to say get over it, but it will pass and you will be different for it and it will be hard. Um, but like you said about the joy, there is always joy. You will, my mum always says you have to look for the beautiful in every day. Yeah. The smallest thing. There's always something beautiful about every day, even if you have had the shittiest day in the world. Yeah. Or if you think you have, because often, like I said about um, always having to be out when Gwen was born, because I, literally just felt like I was going to pull my hair out if I was left to look after a baby on my own <laughs> um and that to a lot of people is not a bad day but for many it is and we all have bad days of different in different levels um but the, it will always pass yeah amazing thank there you so and much Abraham, who, who said it we looked it up didn't we Abraham amazing. Lincoln apparently said it amazing yeah I love it and it's true. That was better than the first time. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much, Des. This has been such Thank a lush episode. Um, Look at me getting all yogi. I'm like, yeah, I'm together. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely um, love chatting to you. And the fact that you're just down the road, um, across the road there, um, is I'm very grateful for that. And I'm looking forward to you being my yoga teacher um, in the future. Oh, well. Challenge <laughs> accepted. If I do have another baby, I will. Yeah. <laughs> if I do have another baby, I will be coming to your baby classes because I didn't. You were running them when I had Jackson, and I didn't do it. You could have walked. I know, but I didn't. I must have been. I must have been fully booked. No, I didn't do any. I purposely oh. did not look. I was too scared. I was a shadow of the person I am today. Oh, yeah. I know. see, Kelly used to force me to go out to them. That's why yeah. I did them. Yeah, I didn't have any anyone around. And actually, somebody we both know um, has recently told people that she's been struggling with her postnatal um, recovery mentally and has said, you know, like, ask for help. I just wish, if anyone's listening to this, if you're going through that, just ask for help. Like, I did not ask for help. I was like, I can do everything. And I suffered for that. And if I had asked for help, maybe I would have found your class. And then because my friend Ashna came to one of yours um, with her little girl and she's only, I think, six months younger than Jackson. And she yes. was like, oh, I'm going to this baby massage class. She's in, um, like, she lives right near you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Hey, I, I must have known, yeah, I must have known who you were because of Dan and everything. So why I didn't do it, I don't know. Well, I do. I was scared. Should have, yeah. yeah, different person. They can be such a daunting environment. They mm. can be. Like, I used to feel like that. And a lot of mums tell me often, like, you know, you go to baby group and they slight sensory overload and no one talks. And people are in clicks. I say clicks with whatever that's called. Mm. Um, 
because I don't think people intentionally do because I look back and I think my little postnatal group we were I mean we meet every year still and I'm sure there was the odd mum that walked in and thought oh they're really chatty and I do yeah. always try and involve um well in my classes I know I'll make sure that yeah I know you do in. I've heard that um but yeah it's so hard Mm. it'll pass it'll pass and it has look at you now yeah exactly if I hadn't gone through that I wouldn't have had found how to create my warrior energy and then teach everybody how to do it and help people make loads of money so yeah we're doing a money challenge in the Vivi Club at the moment and the target for everybody is 20 grand the amount of people doing it oh how quickly do you have to make 20 grand they've got they've had 12 days and they've got three or four days left and they're gonna they're gonna do it it's like 13 or 14 of them it's collectively it's like 20 odd grand they've got to yeah. make 20 grand in, in 12 days 12 days per business no all together i was thinking claire get me on this <laughs> i could make you 20 grand you know i could make you 20 grand <laughs> no yeah i know yeah yeah, one oh. woman that's been working with me, she's made a ridiculous amount of money this month. Crazy. Yeah, money magnets. But yeah, anyway, that, that's linking to what you were saying about banking the win. And bank, like the beautiful in the day. That's what we do, just banking the wins. And um, yeah, if I hadn't gone through those situations, I wouldn't be exactly. the best. I'm proud it to be today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank thank, you. I do really appreciate your time because you dedicated double. So I appreciate uh, it. You're worth it. Oh, where can everyone find you before I... Oh, uh, you can find me on... So my website is littleyogawarriors.co.uk. Um, Don't judge it too much because I design it myself. Um, and on Instagram, I'm Little Yoga Warriors. And on Facebook, I'm Little Yoga Warriors Official. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Vivi podcast. Written, produced and hosted by Claire Hill. And music has been composed by my brother, Phil Whitney.